Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Racing on America's classic circuits. This is IMSA Radio. Good morning. Yes, and all 27 cars are out there on the grid. We've had a few drop matches in qualifying, but all present and correct. It'll be 17 LMP3 cars and 10 MPCs. Starting at the back, having qualified in the second position in MPC, uh, was Robert Masson, but they've uh, elected to change at starting driver. So it'll be Carl Masson, last year's champion, who will start at the back in car number 11. Ahead of him on the grid is car number 18. That's John DeAngelis for also for Performance Tech Motorsports. He had a crash yesterday, but that car has been repaired and will start in the 26th position. Head of him on the grid is John Brownson for Eurosport Racing, car number 34. Had an engine problem in FP2, but that has been changed and ready to go. Howard Jacobs in car number 77 for Performance Tech Motorsports. Head of him, the 2-1 Motorsports entry, car number 86 for Dave House, number 36 for, for Paul LaHaye. Stephen Dawes for, for Performance Tech in car number 22 is next on the grid. Ahead of him, Gerhard Watzinger making his return to the series for one Motorsports in car number 32. Car number 28 will start in the second position on the grid in MPC. That's Tazio Otis for Wolf Motorsports. And on the pole position, MPC 18th on the grid, Michael Klemecki in car number 31 for Eurosport Racing. Moving on to the LMP3s. Dean, uh, Dean Baker in car number 4 for Ansa Motorsports. Ahead of him in the 8th row is Matt Dickin in car number 17 for P1 Motorsports and for World Racing car number 60 Bruce Hamilton. Row 7 Jim Garrett for P1 Motorsports in car number 42 his teammate Joel Janko in number 25 alongside. For JDC Motorsports car number 55 Jerry Kraut making his return alongside him Cameron Castle for Performance Tech in car number 75. Hannah Zell is number 87 for 5 miles out racing in his 10th position alongside Lance Wilson in car number 33 for Extreme Speed Motorsports. Car number 7, Andrew Evans will start for Charles Rick Racing in the 8th position alongside Rob Hoders in car number 51 for K2R Motorsports. He is the best of the qualifying guys in the Masters category. Row 3 on the outside, Harry Gottsacker, a youngster from Texas in car number 3 for Extreme Speed Motorsports making his debut in the championship. Alongside for Polestar Racing is car number 40, David Grant. Row 2 on the outside, Memo Gidley, car number 88 for 5 miles hour racing. That's a Norma M30 alongside him, the similar car for 47 motorsports, car number 74, Rodrigo Fluca. And on the front row of the grid, the champion elect, car number 30, Chris Wright for Extreme Speed Motorsports, and Ligier um, JSP3. And on the pole position for the second time this season, from California, TJ Fisher in car number 47, that's the 47 motorsports, Norma M30. That is our 27 car starting lineup. Thank you, Jeremy Shaw, for taking us through the grid. We have 27 cars slated to begin, and before the green flag comes out, we'll let you know the championship leader is the number 30 this weekend. Coming into the weekend, Chris Wright, who should take the championship at the end of this race. In the other two classes, things are a bit further up in the air. Rob Hodis in the number 51 machine starts seventh. He is leading in the Masters class. And in the MPC, 
right now, before we have gotten underway, it is Dave House in the number 86 MPC machine. He starts sixth on that grid, but any one of seven cars could come home with the championship in that class. And we do have, realistically, four cars in the Masters category that could claim that title as well. So a lot to play for as the clock has begun and we are running, although we are still behind the safety car. So our hour and 45 minute contest has started to count, but we are beginning behind the safety car effectively under full course yellow conditions. So Jeremy, the, the time has started to elapse and the season and now it has reset. So that's interesting, yeah. but we are going to do Makes another sense. pace lap, which uh, is what I think they were supposed to do originally. Normally it's just one lap, but since Road America, Road Atlanta is only 2.54 miles, giving the drivers an opportunity to warm up their tires and their brakes a little bit more. Yeah, but it's because it's only 8 o'clock in the morning and yes. now it is pretty chilly out there, so it's going to take a little bit more time to warm up these, uh, these, uh, these tires before the start of the race, so I think that is a smart move. Very much so. So we were supposed to get going at 8 o'clock on the nose. That's when the green flag was supposed to be thrown, but uh, decided to go with another pace lap. A very wise decision because, as you rightly say, Jeremy, very chilly out there this morning. It was a two-jacket sort of morning uh, for the ride on the golf cart over for breakfast. And the big question is going to be, who is patient today? Because there is a lot of time to go, a lot to play for, and ultimately, this is it. You don't get to race again until January, and we have had a full season. These competitors kick things off back at the roar before the 24 in early January. We are now in the middle of October, so everyone has had a long time to think about this championship and what it would be like to go home with the big prize at the end of the season. Michael Klemecki, our pole sitter in the MPC category, will be somebody else who's good to watch as he is not a full-time competitor, but does make us notice him when he comes to race. So that will be one car to keep an eye on for the start. TJ Fisher starting alongside Chris Wright on the front row, and Fisher in Enorma, Chris Wright and Eligier. Here they come two by two. Unleash the horses, the green flag is out, and it is a great start from both Enormas as they jump around Chris Wright and take the green flag for the last time this season, we have a race start. TJ Fisher, Rodrigo Fluker with that brilliant start in the number 74, Norma, gets ahead of Chris Wright, who I think was playing it a bit safe there, Jeremy, yeah. deciding that the championship is more important. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, really all he has to do is start the race. He's, uh, he's pretty much uh, clinched it now, in fact, because he's got a 23-point a lead, uh, so he can afford to finish to, yeah, at the back of the field, I think, and still win the championship. But he's taking no chances. That was Carl uh, Masson trying to make up some space there, was this? Yes. Number 11. He started at the back because his father, uh, Robert, who's also in championship contention but has some work to do, uh, started start qualified the car second, but they've elected to have Kyle last year's champion start that car. So he's going to have to work his way through the field and then hand it over to his dad for the closing stages. Kyle, who was very impressive to watch last year on his run to take the championship, now trying to give the same honor to his father, which would be very cool if they could do it two years in a row in the same team. But uh, he will be somebody who's fun to watch as he climbs his way past 10 other MPC cars in the category. At the front of the field, TJ Fisher is making hay while the sun shines, though, Jeremy. Yeah, it's a good start by him, certainly, but, uh, but uh, tucked in right behind him is Rodrigo Fluka 
and behind him Memo Gidley as well and this is now completed lap two so that first lap did actually count you're absolutely right it was run under yellow flag conditions uh, now the, the race is underway Norma 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 for our first flying lap of the race TJ Fisher leads Rodrigo Fluker leads Memo Gidley as you rightly say then is our champion elect Chris Wright in the number 30 the Ligier from Extreme Speed Motorsport. After the first lap in MPC, Michael Klemecki still leads from Tazio Otis, Gerhard Watzinger in third, Dave House in fourth, John Brownson fifth, and Kyle Masson up to sixth already. So that was five cars for uh, him to get around on that opening lap. A good effort from Kyle. He's got a bit more work to do as Memo Gidley getting a bit brave. Now, we have two teams running Normans, Jeremy, and everybody else is in the Ligier in the LMP3 category. 47 motorsports currently first and second. And for Memo Gidley, he's looking at a different team. But we have an off, and that's Rob Hodis in the number 51 machine who was looking so strong this weekend for K2R Motorsports. Yellow flag is out. Hodis has got the car back in gear, trying to get it to move, but no luck so far also involved there the number seven of Andrew Evans is the yellow flag is out and we are under a full course caution this has huge championship implications for the masters class well it certainly does because uh, Chris oh Hodes came into this weekend with uh, just a two-point lead over Jim Garrett who is at the wheel of car number 42 42 he's at the back of the field but uh, at least he's going to finish the race as long as this carries on but Rob Hodes there he was behind Andrew Evans, the youngster, on the on the, uh, the completion of the first flying lap of racing. But uh, clearly those two got together and uh, the number seven car is stuck in the gravel and number 51 car is stuck against the, uh, the, against the tire wall. Well, and because it is so early, there is still that morning dew on the grass, which means there is even less traction than normal to try and get the 51 back away from the tire wall as well. Rob Hodes right now, oh my goodness, what a heartbreak. He has been looking so good all weekend, frequently putting in the best lap times of the other Masters competitors. He's been looking like uh, this was going to be a very solid weekend, driving with Garrett Grist this weekend. His normal co-driver, uh, was Sean Rahal, who he drove with for the majority of the season. Then he shared the car with the Australian Scott Andrews at the last round. He was with uh, Scott Andrews is with Jerry Kraut in today's race, sharing the number 55 machine. But for our championship leader in the Masters class coming in, Rob Hodes, he only had a two-point advantage over Garrett, and he only had an eight-point advantage over Cameron Castles. So this could potentially move Castles into second. Yeah, that's wow. right, and, uh, and and right as they stand right now, actually Cameron Castles would be in the second position in a Masters as we stand, mm. whereas Jim Garrett is back in sixth. Mm, yeah, right, and uh, so that would probably be enough actually for uh, Cameron Castles to win wow. the, uh, the championship. It's uh, it's 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 pretty close. Because uh, Cameron Castles was only six points behind Garrett, so if he could finish second, and uh, and the other car finishes in sixth place, that would be enough for Castles to win it by one point. That's so this is very cool. much uh, very much up for grabs here, and I'm sure Rob Holders will be trying desperately to get that car out uh, back out again and onto the racetrack oh, for uh, sure. to at least pick up some 
some some more points, hoping that some others perhaps drop out because he's already already fallen one lap behind. But that car looked to be parked pretty solidly, didn't it, against it, the barriers? It did, and we don't know what the uh, left rear looks like. Yes. That was the part that was pressed up firmly against it barriers. Was. But can I just give a shout out really quickly for Cameron Castles if he does manage to win the Masters Championship in mind? We still have an hour and thirty-seven minutes left in this race, so I'm not handing out any trophies yet. He's the only Masters driver who's run the whole season solo. He did one race with Trent Hinman, his uh, longtime driving partner in other series, uh, who really helped his development earlier on. But for the Canadian, it's been me, myself, and I for most of the races in the season. Everybody else has had a co-driver for every round. That in itself would be a very, very cool feat. Yeah, and, and Cameron has you know, really improved. I mean, he only started racing a couple or so years ago. Actually, he made his, his debut in professional racing right here at Road Atlanta in the uh, Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge, what, three years ago now, I suppose. Yes. And uh, he's, come on, he's come on very well since then. He made a lot of progress. Uh, and uh, he's, he's been driving well. He had, I think he had almost a kind of a breakthrough race last time out at VIR. Wet conditions there, really, really treacherous. And he had that car up in the a top three or four or five overall at one stage. Unfortunately, there was a late caution, and that cost him a lot of ground. He, he lost a few places in the closing stages, but it certainly was an excellent run by Cam. Uh, and that's, you know, I think that, was, that certainly has given him a lot of confidence coming into this season finale. The Rob Hoders, by the way, has got that car out again. Uh, he's going to be a couple of laps down, and uh, yeah. I don't know whether there is damage, but he has got the car fired up, and he is rejoining the racetrack. Yeah, and, and just to uh, clarify that situation, it was at turn one. The number seven machine of Andrew Evans has come back into the pit lane, so that car has returned. Rob Hode is continuing around the circuit. We'll see if he comes into the pits as well, just to check and make sure that all the suspension bits are okay. You can bend a, an arm fairly easily that way, and it would be a long race for Rob and then for Garrett Grist once he takes over. But Andrew Evans back in the pits in the number seven. We have one of our two cars made it back. The other one is still out on the circuit. Yeah, and I think he's going to, if Hoda's uh, looked like he was going to re rejoining or getting back onto the racetrack at his butt, he, I think he was behind the whole field. So he's mm -hmm. going to be uh, at best two laps down, even if the car is running properly. This uh, this caution, by the way, is certainly good news for Howard Jacobs in car number 77, because he comes into this weekend uh, second in the points table, three points behind Dave House in MPC. Uh, he's uh, he's not been particularly quick this weekend. He struggled uh, as, uh, as Howard Jacobs, but he is, he is going to be sharing that car with, with James French, who is also going to be driving in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. And uh, James, he hasn't done a lap in the car this weekend, but he has shared the car last two races and won. We are back to green flag racing as it is Norma, Norma, Norma taking us to the green flag. TJ Fisher, our pole sitter, maintaining the lead, but now he's got his team car right behind him. And then we'll come under attack from the other Norma of Memo Gidley, driving the number eight, Norma, which he shares with Charles Chi. So that will be uh, someone to watch a little bit later on in the race as well, making foray into racing. Then is Chris Wright and uh, Harry Gottsacker. So we've got three and 30 running together. The two ESM cars, they can work together as a duo to try and catch back up to the Norma train. It is David Grant in the number 40, who is in sixth. And then Lance Wilsey, the first of our Masters competitors in the number 33 Ligier. They're still very close at the front of the field. The two team cars almost nose to tail, literally, as they come out of the far side of the circuit and down the long straight. This is where the Norma 
really, really succeeds because they are a much less draggy car. They are built for the high-speed portions of Road Atlanta. And uh, maybe the Ligiers have the advantage through Sector 1, which is a little bit twistier, but it is the Normas that really stretch their legs and show their power as they come in to that Sector 2 and then in 3. They do a pretty good lead there over the rest of the field, but these two, three cars still, uh, still pretty much tied together there in first, second, and third. A little bit of a gap to the two extreme speed motorsports cars in uh, fourth and fifth, but that's, that's just fine for them at this, this stage in the game. Bad news for Jerry Kraut. He'll be getting a drive-through penalty for making a pass under yellow. That is something race control takes very seriously indeed. And uh, in MPC, Kyle Masson is up to second after that restart. So he went from last to second in almost no time at all. And Rob Hodis is off the course again with no traction on the grass. He's rolling the car backwards. Is that up at turn four, Jeremy? Up through the S's, maybe? He's trying to engage yeah. he, he's a He's trying to get it out of the way, actually. Is he? Or is he just no, trying he, to get it? Yeah, he's right. trying to go forward. And, uh, uh, no, no surprise that Carl Masson is up to second place so quickly no. because he's a champion last year. He's clearly far and away the fastest driver in this field in MPC. But the, 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 the equally good or equally impressive or perhaps probably more impressive is John Brownson, the veteran who is up into third position, having also started at the back. Jeremy, Dave House just came into the pit lane, our MPC championship leader at the start of the race. They are taking the nose off oh, of this car. Goodness. It is not a standard pit stop. So for the oldest winner in IMSA competition, drama. And it was he who contacted Rob Hodis. That's coming into turn 10 just before the bridge. That is why Hodis got stuck off the course. And that is why Dave House is now in the pits. Well, Rob Hodes was, was trying to uh, make his way back, I guess, and uh, those two made contact. That is most unfortunate. That's the two first Two championship leaders, uh, ironically. Exactly. First place in Masters and first place in Mazda Prototype Challenge MPC coming into the weekend. Rob Hodes is still shown as stopped out on course, so hopefully he's been able to roll the car back to a safe place. That is at turn 10. Uh, we've got a penalty for Andrew Evans, who came back out of the pit lane uh, after the initial damage in contact with Rob Hodes at turn one. He has run the light at the pit exit, and Michael Klemecki is off as well. Oh, wow. That, that, yes, all of the leaders pretty much have had problems except for our pole sitter. Wow. All of the class leaders, either in the race or in the championship, that's Michael Klemecki, who led from the pole position under intense pressure he was from Kyle Masson. Yep. And John Brownson, whether he made a mistake, whether it was contact, who knows? The, uh, but the car is stationary up there at the top of the hill. Let's have a look. He just got Ooh. way over the curb there at to turn three, just lost control. And he's, yeah, nosed it into the barriers pretty heavily. He did. Uh, nothing is overtly broken, though. Nothing uh, looks completely bent out of shape from initial sight. But it was a big hit for Klemecki. Hopefully he can get it fired up and back out on the circuit uh, running around. And he does which means that he can bring it back into the pit lane. He can shake it down first, see if everything feels okay. Hopefully stay out on course as uh, Klemecki is somebody who's really fun to watch. But that means Kyle Masson started at the back and now is leading after 15 minutes of racing. Yeah, but John Brownson is, is staying right with him there, isn't he? In, yep. uh, in second position in class in MPC, 14th and 15th place overall, number 11 and the number 34, John Brownson 
you can say the veteran driver is he actually had a birthday this week his 65th birthday hope you won't mind me saying that when he's in Happy the car so he can't John. hear me but he, and this is his, he is the most experienced driver in this championship 121 starts dating all the way back to 2007 when he made his debut uh, veteran driver won the masters championship as when it, when it was a masters championship in that class uh, several times over the years and uh, just a, a great competitor had a, an engine failure in, in free practice two yesterday wasn't able to take part in qualifying but making his up his way up through the field and hanging on to the tail of Kyle Masson. TJ Fisher has not been able to pull away from his teammate Rodrigo Fluker either the 47 and 74 still tethered together by a very thin bungee cord Memo Gidley has dropped back a tiny bit from that battle he's about two seconds further behind the leading duo but for right now Fisher and Fluker just looking forward and focusing on doing everything they can it's Austin McCusker who comes in this weekend second in the championship as John DeAngelis goes for a rotation and Jeremy we we are glad to see that car running at all yesterday John DeAngelis with a moment up at turn five he wound up on top of the tires and oh Howard Jacobs not making things easy for TJ Fisher goes around the outside and Fisher nearly off in the grass trying to get by the MPC car but still Fisher then Fluker so no lead change even though they were passing slower cars and had to take evasive action that was a close moment. Uh, yes, he was, wasn't it? Yeah. John DeAngelis just had that spin. Or uh, did he? Well, he was going very slowly. And, oh, good grief. That would be a moment for TJ Fisher. He doesn't need an espresso shot anymore. He just got uh, a very big wake-up call. His teammate, Austin McCusker, comes in second in the championship. And although there's no hope of catching Chris Wright, for Maxwell Hanratty, one of the drivers in the number three ESM machine, there is still a four-point gap between those two drivers. So Fisher realizes he has to try and protect his teammates' place as second in the championship as they go four wide coming down the front stretch in front of us, Jeremy. That yeah. was moment two. And Chris Wright, again, being very, very cautious out there. I mean, he just doesn't want to get in any scrapes at all. He was... He waited to the slowed right down to let those two MPC cars uh, take the uh, preferred racing line through the final corner. Just wasn't prepared to push it at all. He doesn't really need to worry at this stage. He can just go for it because uh, if as, I don't think he even has to finish uh, as far as the points are concerned. Even if uh, if uh, McCusker and Fisher win the race, uh, he's going to score enough points to win the championship. So uh, I'm quite sure why he's being that cautious at this stage. But the first two pulling away now from Memo Gidley. Just under an hour and 27 minutes remaining in the 2018 season for the IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda. Your leaders are TJ Fisher, the number 47 Motorsports Ligier, and Kyle Masson for Performance Tech in the number 11 MPC car. Kyle Masson all over the back of Jim Garrett. Another one of those drivers, Jeremy, who will be driving slightly cautiously because Jim Garrett comes into the weekend with a shot at the Masters Championship. And he realizes that the guy behind him, Kyle Masson, knows what he's doing in an MPC car. He won the championship handily last year, driving these cars now, trying to help his father do the same. And it is a long uphill climb for Dr. Robert Masson. Came into the race seventh in points. The good news for him, though, is that Dave House, who came in with the championship lead, has already had dramas. So that is one of the competitors in front of them in the championship who he'll be scoring more points than. But for Kyle Masson, he's got to do some work to try and keep Pops in uh, the running. And he's doing everything he can and needs to at this point in the race. 
Thomas on, just put a move on Jim Garrett down the inside at the final turn. That was fantastic. He is a fine young man to watch as Jim Garrett got a bit flustered. He got target fixation. Oh, big lockup just gently nudged the back of the car in front of him. That was the number four of Dean Baker. And Masson was a long way back from that. Very smart, but got a good view. The rears locked up big cloud of white smoke. So Jim Garrett was probably a bit flustered coming into that uh, final turn, giving Masson the opportunity. And there was contact between the two cars, so hopefully Garrett's front end is okay. He'll be handing over to Robbie Foley after the pit stop sequence. And by the way, if this is your first time joining us for the IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda, welcome. We have two different categories of cars. The open cockpit cars are the MPC, so if you can see the driver's helmet, that is for that category. If you can't, if it's a closed cockpit car with the windshield, that is the LMP3. Currently, a Norma chassis leads the way. The number 47 is uh, driven by TJ Fisher. It is Norma, Norma, Norma. And then the first of our Ligiers, Chris Wright, driving the number 30 machine. It is all black, but it is from Extreme Speed Motorsport. And he is our champion elect once the race is finished. Kyle Masson up to 13th overall. TJ Fisher yeah, putting but, in but, decent but lap But times. again, John Brownson is right with him. He's, yeah. he's less than a second behind him in that uh, primarily red car. Kind of a 34, really doing an excellent job. Well, coming into the weekend, Dr. Masson, not Kyle, but his dad, is seventh in the championship. John Brownson is fifth. There are three points separating the two of them. So if they finish as they run, effectively, that gap is a tie. 35 points for the win, 32 points for second. That would negate one issue, and then it would go to a win tiebreaker, which would put it towards Masson. That's completely uh, counting out everybody else in their finishing positions, of course, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. There will be a lot of math for Jeremy to do, so he might have to take his shoes and socks off and use the toes for counting as well. Uh, on that last lap, uh, clearly some sort of a, an issue then, probably presumably in traffic for Rodrigo Flucher in the second place car. He's all of a sudden lost a lot of ground to the race leader and remember Gidley was able to kind of halve the gap uh, back from third place to second place so now the top three are pretty equally spaced just a couple of seconds or so apart number 47 ahead with number 74 then number 88. TJ Fisher managed to get around Paul LaHaye in the number 36 MPC car fairly easily it took a bit longer for Rodrigo though Jeremy that would be the difference and we're getting a couple of penalties dropping in the car number 34 which is John Brownson is getting a drive-through penalty for passing under yellow. That will break up that battle for the lead in MPC. And also car number 60 is getting a drive-through penalty. That is Bruce Hamilton in Elysia, currently running in 10th for the same infraction, passing under yellow. So they both will have to come down the pit lane and serve that drive-through. So it's, it's a bit tricky out there for, for some of these guys because there's a huge uh, speed differential between some of these contenders yep. uh, and, the, and the leaders, uh, or some of the non-contenders as leaders, I suppose would be a better way to put it, because uh, you know, some of these guys are pretty in inexperienced out there, uh, but uh, there's some, some good battles going on all the way down the field, and we're now got only 18 cars on the lead lap after starting with 27. Well, and out of our Masters contenders out on track right now, Lance Wilsey leads in the 33. And as I say it, he's off the course and stopped, manages to get going again. 
Uh, so that will mean Cameron Castles is leading the Masters class because Jim Garrett came into the pit lane. Uh, he was making sure that the front end of that car was okay after the moment of contact that he had between himself and Dean Baker as the 34, John Brownson, goes around Kyle Masson and takes the lead. But remember, Brownson has a penalty to serve. Brownson will need to come into the pit lane. Masson does not need to try and pass Brownson back. They need to get on the radio to him right now, the Performance Tech crew, and say, Kyle, he's got a penalty just wait we've seen this happen in formula one even a couple weeks ago jeremy or a week ago where uh, sebastian vettel went to make a pass around max verstappen that he didn't need to make because verstappen got a penalty masson needs to just be patient because brownson in the 34 car right ahead of him will be coming into the pit lane it is not for position on track yeah and uh, he'll he'll have been informed of that and carl's been around the sport a long time he's also driving of course in the in the uh, petit le mans uh, tomorrow so uh, you know he's got now he's only been racing for a couple three years but he is experienced he's won a championship mm. he knows how to win championships and he knows that there's no point in getting any scrapes he knows he's way faster than these most of these other guys just keep it clean hand it over to his dad who's also quick enough to to win the race exactly. and so make sure it's clean uh, and if brownson has that penalty to serve as well then it's looking even better for him David Grant got around Harry Gottsacker a moment ago in the number 40 Ligier. That is the bright yellow one making a pass on the car bearing the Extreme Speed Motorsports color. Harry Gottsacker making his debut this weekend in this championship and for very high downforce cars. Doing a good job so far. Hate to give him the curse of the commentator, so I'll say no more about that. We do have John Brownson in the pit lane to serve that drive-through penalty, which means Kyle Masson goes back to the lead. Gerhard Watzinger now up to second in his number 32 machine, and Tazua Otis in third in the number 28. Brownson will not be enjoying his very what slow trip to down the pit lane. TJ Fisher on that lap. He's lost the lead. It's now Rodrigo Fluka who's in the lead race. He's so been he trying did. to get past Jerry Kraut, car number 55, who was at the tail end of the lead lap. Uh, there must have been some sort of a get-together between those two, I would surmise, because TJ Fisher all of a sudden is back in second place. It's number 74 car now that leads by by uh, around about a second, so not, not much. And remember, Gidley, in car number 88, he's right with them now as well. There's a really intensive battle between Watzinger and Otis for that second position as they are being slowed down by the number 17 of Matthew Dickin, an LMP3 car, and uh, the two MPC cars weaving back and forth. Otis all over Watzinger, going around the left, going around the right, darting back and forth, trying to get the draft. Otis wants past Watzinger, and he's going to get there one way or another, Jeremy goes around the outside diving down trying to take the inside line into turn 10 hard on the brakes and he gets it done well done on Watzinger fighting back there for a moment but Otis managing to pull ahead just ever so slightly they come down the final turn diving toward the start finish line and it will be Otis who inherits the second position that was a great scrap for it Rob Hodison shot as well is still out there and circulating. He has completed 13 laps versus 17 for the leaders. So his championship hopes getting smaller and smaller as the day goes on. And right behind him is the leader, Rodrigo Fluker, out of Peru in that number 74, Norma, for 47 Motorsports. Behind him is teammate in the 47, TJ Fisher, who started on pole. The gap now down to under a second between the two of them. And then Memo Gidley in the number 88 
Heat Machine is three seconds back. Yeah, so uh, the last lap time for the leader was a uh, 1 minute 21.6. They had been lapping in a, in a low, eight, uh, low 19s. The fastest lap was actually set by TJ Fisher at a 1 minute 18.7 a uh, handful of laps ago, but uh, they're working their way through slower cars, and that's going to cost them time. And especially down the straight, that's not a place where you want to have to lift at all, and that's exactly what TJ Fisher had to do watching the leader get ever so slightly smaller in the windshield as Fluker had no problem passing the slower cars. The car is now down a lap and uh, his teammate TJ Fisher just struggling a little bit more to cut through all of the traffic. This is what Mimo Gidley is hoping happens because he wants an opportunity to fight back and perhaps even lead the race. It would be the first time for the team if Gidley could get into the head of the field and the five miles out racing organization it's Memo Gidley and Charles Chi in the number 88. In the 87, the sister car, it's Nick Colvius and uh, Hannah Zellers this weekend in the other Norma. So it's Norma, 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 Ligier, 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 Norma. Yeah, certainly Memo uh, enjoying his return to the sport this season with this new team, five miles out racing. Big ambitions for Charles Chi for the future, but to take things one step at a time. And uh, he's learn learning pretty quickly. He's, gonna, he's not going to be in contention to win probably at the end of this race. But certainly Memo is showing what this, cap this team is capable of. And you know, his uh, veteran style getting through the traffic much more cleanly than the two race leaders. And it's Rodrigo Fluka who, who leads. But uh, Memo now is all over the back of uh, TJ Fisher. And uh, what a couple of car lengths behind is the head towards turn 10 and 10A and 10B this time around to complete lap 19. Already an hour and just under 16 minutes to go. We will have mandatory pit stops for every car in the field. It is a set amount of time from when you come in to pit in to pit out, a set amount of minimum time if you shortcut and it. Memo's got the run on the inside down here because uh, TJ, uh, because TJ uh, was Fisher blocked. was, yeah, lost some time there behind the lapped car of Matthew Dickin. And Memo Gidley able to time that to perfection, got a good run off the final corner, get, able to get down the inside at turn one. So a new second place car uh, on the 20th lap. Memo is on a mission. As you mentioned, driving with Charles Chi, quick learner. He's the chancellor of Carleton University in Ottawa. So he is a very quick learner and a very quick educator as well. Kyle Masson continues to lead in the MPC class, looking to make a move on both Lance Wilsey, but that first is the lapped car of Andrew Evans, who had dramas earlier on. Kyle looking over to the left, the helmet pointed in that direction, just watching the much faster LMP3 car drag past him, and Masson knows that he'll have an opportunity to get back around those cars if he can catch back up to them through the twisty bits, which are where the MPC cars are much more nimble. They are basically go-karts. They're wonderful little cars. And this is the last race for the MPC cars. Masson goes four wheels off, coming under the bridge, manages to pull it back onto the pavement as the race leader, Rodrigo Fluker, goes past him. But that was a scary moment for Kyle, perhaps a, a slight lapse of concentration. 
And that's all it would take to throw away any sort of championship aspirations for that 11 machine. Need to stay completely focused as he comes through 10A, turns into 10B, gets a bit of a wiggle on, lets the car run out over the curves, and then just gets sucked into the grass on the outside of the track. It's easy to do. It's hard to pull the car back on. And the big concern now is, did he get any sort of grass in the radiator? Is there any reason that he would need to come in and pit? From our view, there's nothing wrong with the car. Kyle might be feeling a little bit otherwise. And that's the other thing about these cars, Jeremy. It's a little bit difficult to clean grass out of the radiator when it happens because you have to pull all of the bodywork paneling off and the front is held in place with screws. So it's not the uh, quickest job in the world. The crews would rather their drivers keep the cars on the racetrack. But it is the final race for the MPC car. The uh, little lawn chassis, which has served us so well in the years of IMSA racing. I'm really going to miss seeing those cars. Yeah, it's been a, a super workhorse, uh, and uh, there's, there's, there's going to be plenty, plenty, plenty for these cars to do uh, down the road. There's going to be other uh, series cropping up for them, I'm sure, on, on a sort of semi-amateur basis. Uh, but uh, watching the leaders there, uh, Rodrigo Fluker is still struggling to find his way past these slower cars. He's trapped in behind the number four car, Dean Baker, who's trying desperately to stay on the lead lap. Also, Lance Wilsey is riding that little battle as well. And, of course, the second-place car of Memo Gidley. That's a, uh, a, a, a big train of cars heading over the top of the crest of the hill there and down through the S's. And I have no problem with someone fighting to stay on the lead lap because should a caution come out, it would mean that Dean Baker would still be in the fight for the lead, and especially when he hands over to Zachary Robichon later on in the race. But now he has to give up the straight-line speed advantage to the Norma, and indeed Fluker makes his pass, as does Mimo Gidley, around Andrew Evans. So that's one less car between himself and the leader, Gidley, who is driving splendidly today, a man on a mission, and uh, he is letting it be known that he wants to lead this race. Two Ligiers separate uh, Gidley from Fluker, and he just has to get around them on the long straight, but the Norma has the speed advantage going into the braking into 10A. It is Gidley who gets past both of them, Lance Wilsey having to lock up the brakes as to not run into Baker close moment there but uh, manages to get everything back under control. Cameron Castles by the way leads the Masters class in the number 75 machine as he is the first master whose name pops up on the timing screen and I give him credit for leading because he is the one running in that category. He is not a second driver running with the master. Fluker, Gidley, Fisher, Wright, Grant, Gottsacker. Those are our top six in the LMP3 category and our top two still very close together despite running through all this traffic. It's only a second and a half separating first from second. Yeah, and uh, the Masters class is still interesting because uh, number 42 car has been uh, slipping back. He's back now in the 22nd position overall. He must have had a spin at some stage. I don't think we saw it, did we, for Jim Garrett? Uh, but, no, uh, he came into the pit lane because he had the contact on the back right. of uh, one of the other LMP3 right, cars. So, 
So Jim Garrett, who, so Rob Hodes, first off, by the way, comes into the race leading the championship, has the off in turn one, goes several laps down. Jim Garrett comes into the, the race second in the championship, has contact going into 10A, has to come into the pit lane to make sure that everything is okay on his Ligier, as we have a car peeling off into the pit lane. I think that is Michael Klemecki coming in. Uh, we've got Cameron Castles comes into the race third in the championship, currently leading the Masters category. And I'm not going to say any more because I don't want to curse him. It was Michael Klemecki into the pit lane. Jeremy, is he doing a drive through Let's see. Now, Klemecki, who has had a couple of starts this year where he's done just this and then a mechanical gremlin has bitten him. I hope it's not the same today as the car comes to a stop and crew members jump over the wall. They are going to work on his car. The seatbelts are coming off. That looks like it is potentially day done for Michael Klemecki. Oh, not again. Well, Kyle Masson leads that class from Tazio Otis. It is John Brownson. Oh, no, it was Votzinger. It was Gerhard Votzinger who came in the pit lane. I'm sorry. I, I apologize for that. In the number 32, Votzinger making his return to the series, his first start of the season. And it is he who is calling it as Klemecki is also in the pit lane but has been in for a little while now. So both the 31 and the 32 from the MPC category are parked, as is Dave House in the 86 machine, who came into the race as the championship leader. So this is opening the door for uh, other contenders, certainly in, in terms of the championship. Oh we came in goodness. here with the top seven separated by just nine points. And mind you, it, it's not that this is the third race of the season. This is the sixth round, and we still have that many cars close together as Kyle Masson dives into the pit lane. Yeah, have we completed the 40... Uh, drive time? No. An hour and eight, hour minutes, and eight to go, minutes to go. Less 45. That's 37, isn't it? That's so they 37. completed the drive time. So this can't be scheduled for car number 11. This is not good for the Performance Tech team. Just, Jeremy, if you want to keep an eye out on track, I'll see what they're doing down at Performance Tech. But the car has come to a stop. Nobody is over the wall yet for the number 11. Dr. Masson slated to get in and take over for his son, Kyle. They're looking... He won't be making that driver change yet, that's for sure, because uh, he hasn't completed the minimum drive time. Jeremy, the car might uh, might be overheating from the grass picked up in the radiator from when he had that yeah. brief off-track excursion. It doesn't take much. They're dropping tires over the wall now. Going to change the fronts, perhaps. Front left is the area that they are focusing on as they are changing that Continental tire. And pulling an air jack around the other side to change the other tire as well. And having worked their way through the traffic, uh, the, the, lap, the race leader now, Rodrigo Fluca, is back into the 19s. 1 minute 19.5 last time around, having been doing 21s and even 22s uh, when he was struggling to find his way through some slower traffic. So uh, he's back up to speed now. Uh, he's only a second and a half or so ahead of Memo Gidley, who's hanging right there for five miles out racing. And then TJ Fisher, and he's about five seconds back in the third position, a long way clear of the championship leader, Chris Wright, in kind of a 30. We are about two minutes away from the pit window opening when drivers may come down to the pit lane. And you might be wondering, well, if there are drivers doing the whole race themselves, 
why do they need to come in? Well, they need to refuel. Everybody has to get fuel, and during the refueling time, drivers have to get out of their car and climb back over the wall. They can't be standing on the pit lane because they would then count as one of the crew members over the wall, and that would sabotage the team, so they need the driver back over the wall. And it is a mandated time as Joel Janko goes for Oops. a ride after missing his breaking point at 10A and then goes for a spin on the exit. Oh, gosh. And uh, Joel Janko came into the championship fourth in points, saw the window open when uh, first and second dropped down a little bit further. Did he just miss his breaking point? Well, he had the race leader behind him and Whoa. locked up late in. That's and Joel, Joel Janko just goes for a crash on the front straight as well, just in front of us, Jeremy, as he comes out of the final turn and looped it. That brings out a local yellow. We'll see if we go full course caution. Can Joel get it going again? He's facing the wrong direction. And it did sound like a big impact, but the bodywork is not askew from initial vantage. I can't imagine that there's not something further wrong. Joel just looked over to the right as he was turning into the corner and then looked back to the left. Three mistakes in as many corners. My goodness. That's, uh, that's not going to make Joel very happy as the car just caught it bit as he was coming out of the corner but he was well, nowhere yeah. near the outside curb he was no. not on the line at all no that's right i mean he, he made a mistake uh, two corners before at turn yep. 10 uh, a and at 10 b because he carried too much speed across there. he tried to collect it all and spun across the racetrack there got back on again so there was dirt and, and grass and, and and dampness on the tire so when he got to turn 12 there no grip at all pretty much and uh, again as you say lost control that's going to bring out the caution yep. for the third time. Full course caution is out, and we will be behind the safety car as the IMSA safety crew has already gotten to Joel Janko. He's popped open his door to signify that he is okay. And there is a slippery surface flag being waved as well because there's a lot of grass that was torn up and thrown onto the front straight. Right, so. So where are we, got, Jeremy? Well, we've got eight cars only on the lead lap. Uh, at this stage, uh, the Cameron Castles is 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 on the lead lap. He's the last car on the lead lap, so it's Rodrigo Fluca that leads to kind of a 74. And McGidley still in second place there in kind of an 88. TJ Fisher, the teammate of the leader in third position, kind of a 47. Then David Grant will be handing over to his his brother uh, in the second stint. Then Chris, who's got past Chris Wright, by the way, on that on that, just on that last lap, I think actually they've been uh, having a, a good long battle there, kind of numbers 30 and 40. But it's a f number 40 card is now ahead as they complete lap 27 under caution. Behind him is kind of a three. That's Harry Gottsacker making his debut in this sort of a car. As we watch again, that uh, that was Joel Janka running across the grass and then compounding the mistake by spinning off on the outside of 10B, and he got back on the road again, but not for much longer because he just, uh, yeah, Oof. just. Um, made a mistake basically he, he just pinched the car down for some reason he, he got on the cap power coming through turn 12 the back stepped out and he wasn't able to co to uh, keep control of the car so it makes in contact with the inside wall and that's going to be the end of the day for car number 25 incidentally the number 51 of uh, rob hoders who had that that to come in together with andrew evans on the very first lap those two are still back out in the race uh, and ironically they're they're in uh, consecutive positions 23rd 24th overall they'll move up after when they, when they finally do enough laps to overtake Joel Janko, who's in the wall there in car number 25. But they are still bo both going again. And that's certainly good news for Rob Hoders, who uh, 
you know, still has an outside chance, but a very, very slim one of taking the Masters category. But he is, what, uh, three or four laps down, four laps down four. from the uh, overall leaders. It's worth mentioning he's, as he's, well. He actually, what my point there was, he's actually been running quite well, uh, some good lap times, both he and uh, Andrew Evans running some good lap times, yes. even though they're several laps down. And it, it's worth uh, noting that we are behind the safety car, which means that the pit lane is closed. You can come down the pit lane, but if you do, you're going to be serving a drive-through penalty once we go back to green. So it is optimum not to, to make a well, visit down the pit lane at this no, time. No, but uh, we've, we're an hour and, and uh, two minutes the window remaining is open. in the race. The, 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 the window is, is just open Ooh. now, isn't it? Yeah, because uh, oh, 40 grief. minutes is it. What happened there? Uh, John Brownson in the number 34 did not get on the brakes quickly enough as we came to the start finish line, locked up and ran into the back of Kyle Masson in Oops. the number 11 as people were perhaps not paying as close attention as they should have been regarding the fact that we are under safety car conditions. It means go slowly and be prepared to stop at any point in time. And John did get it slowed down, but it was with the assistance of Kyle Masson's back of the car. So there was contact between yes, those Yes, there was. Oops. Slight contact, but still. Joel Janko has been spun around the proper direction as he does a very wide turn to try and get it back on the circuit and actually drives off the grass on the other side of the racetrack. But he is now on the hard standing and heading around once again the left-hand side of that number 25 machine from p1 motorsports quite scraped up and uh, it's got a lot of grass on it from this early morning which does tend to be heavier and sticks to places so he'll want to come down the pit lane as soon as that opens now the pass around has begun this is the opportunity for cars that are a lap down between the leader of class and the safety car so we should have only one taker i would imagine one or two yeah th th as you say this is uh, any of the mpc class cars that are between the safety car and the leader in mpc which is now after all that drama tazio otis yeah. remarkably for wolf motorsports he also is uh, is very much in championship contention coming yes. into this weekend uh, he and bart wolf they're only what, five points off the championship lead in car number 28. So, uh, they, and Dave they, House uh, is parked. So. Dave House is parked. John Brownson is is uh, just ahead of them on the road. So John Brownson right, right now is second position. I think that might be enough for him. Well, no, no, Stephen Dawes is, is in fourth. And he came in... <laughs> I mean, here, here are the points third. coming into the weekend. Dave House had 143. Howard Jacobs, 140. Stephen Dawes won 39. Bart Wolf and Tazzy Ortiz, who share that number 28 car, 138. John Brownson, 137. <laughs> Paul LaHaye, 135. And Robert Masson, 134. So just nine points coming to the top seven. And it's absolutely anybody's race. And many of those guys have, have had some problems during this race. But uh, it's uh, it's been a remarkable day or week so far for John Brownson in car number 34 but he's still there in the second position hopefully there's no damage having locked up the brakes and, and hit the it, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't hard contact was it with the the tail end of the number 11 that, that he is back out there therefore in the race 
but several laps down. It was not hard contact, but it was enough to lurch the 11 forward, and the white smoke was quite prolific from yes. the 34. So he might have even flat-spotted the Continental tires that he's on. It was that much of a moment as we have Joel Janko into the pit lane. Gosh, he's made it back. around, has he? He has. Surely. Uh, oh, let's Molly, see. He's going to stop in his pit box, and I uh, just nearly missed his pit box, actually, as uh, he continued on. The sound you hear in the background is the number 22 car yep. of Stephen Dawes. And he got that wave around. Yep. And that is uh, extremely good news for, for Stephen because that's going to put it, that means he remains on the lead lap. Number 77 and car Jacobs. is, though, still, I believe, one lap down. Yes, he is, to the rest of the leaders in uh, MPC. Engine cover has come off of Joel Janko's car. He entered the closed pit lane, so can't, if he can get back out there, or, or if Kenton Cook takes over from him, they will have to serve a follow-up drive-through penalty. As good news is Gerhard Watzinger is back out on the circuit, as is Michael Klemecki. Both of those cars having uh, left the pit lane. So we haven't yet lost them. That's good. Glad to see them back out and circulating as we are under an hour to go in the final race of the 2018 season for the IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda. Safety car lights have been turned off. We are getting ready to go back to green flag racing. It is Norma, 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 but a slightly different order than it was the last time. Rodrigo Fluker in the number 74 leads Memo Gidley in the 88, and this is exactly what Memo wanted to see. He now has an opportunity when we go back to green flag racing to take the lead for the first time. TJ Fisher, our pole sitter, is in third. Then it is Dave Grant in fourth in the number 40 machine, and then Chris Wright, the champion-elect in Fifth. Green flag back out and a great jump from Rodrigo Fluker as Memo Gidley not going to let him get away though. The three cars at the head of the field, exactly the same chassis, just slightly different setups from the two teams running in first and third and then the five miles out in second. Right, so there's uh, the uh, MPC uh, category at the moment today is led that car number 28 is a lap down overall but in 14th position car number 28 Tazzy Ortiz right behind him or a couple of cars behind him on the on the racetrack is John Brownson in car number 34 Paul LaHaye in car number 36 is right behind John Brownson and, and close behind him also is Stephen Dawes those four cars are all on the same lap in the lead for MPC as we see now TJ Fisher trying to make a move on Memo Gidley at to, at to turn six not, not able to make that pass stick and that was a result of Memo Gidley trying to make a move on our race leader Rodrigo Fluker as they came through the S's I've got bad news for two championship runners Rob Hodis in the number 51 whose day started off as poorly as it could entered a closed pit you are not allowed to come back into the pit lane as soon as the green flag is flown you must complete that first lap while Howard Jacobs in the number 77 MPC car comes in second in the championship this weekend remember did exactly the same thing so effectively they will have to serve a drive-through penalty once they leave the pit lane terrible news for those two yeah that was a uh, bit of a blunder Cam, is, who's that coming uh that couple more cars coming into the pit lane very well yes, spotted jeremy a lot of cars coming yeah into the pit and, lane. and a couple of these guys number three uh, is the only car on the lead lap to come into the pits he is in the he was in the sixth position uh, and then uh, several cars are lapped down. Number four, uh, number 55. Uh, the and, seven uh, came in. Others. The 60 
of uh, Bruce Hamilton, the 42 of Jim Garrett is in the pit lane, the 17 of Matthew Dickin, the 28 of Tazio Otis, John Brownson in the 34. So we have a lot of those blue peas on the timing screen signifying pit stops are being made. All these drivers are okay, by the way. They waited for the window to open and for the pit lane to be open once again. We'll keep an eye on those stops as we watch what's going out on track for you, though, because Rodrigo Fluger, Memo Gidley, and TJ Fisher separated by one second from first to third. The gap is almost non-existent as we have a three-way battle for the lead of this race, and the car in second really looking racy today, Jeremy. Memo Gidley doing a fantastic job in that five miles out, Norma. Yeah, and he'll want to stay out there as long as he can. He'd love to lead a lap or two if he can. Uh, the, we've got 54 minutes re remaining in the race as we see the... TJ Fisher into the pit lane. Yeah, okay, fine. So that's the third place car onto pit lane. Uh, and they, they have to make their pit stops before, what, 40 minutes 40 remaining minutes. in this race. So they've got another yeah, 12, 13 minutes, which would be another uh, eight, eight laps or so before they need to make a pit stop. TJ Fisher comes down the pit lane, crawling to his pit box. He'll be handing over to Austin McCusker in that car, the duo who got a win earlier this year back at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park after some brilliant strategy that uh, won them the race. They came into the pit lane at the perfect time and it resulted in them going home with the first place trophy. But for Rodrigo Fluker, who will be handing over to Anthony Simone, he cannot afford to think about anything because if he slips up even the slightest bit, Memo Gidley is going to snatch that lead away and not look back at all. Dave Grant is in third, a further seven seconds behind this leading duo in the number 40. And then is Cameron Castles, who stayed out on track so far. Remember, Cameron not sharing the car this weekend. Will be doing all the driving himself, but still has to come in and make that pit stop. Memo Gidley just sizing up Fluker. You get the feeling that Gidley is sort of planning and watching. He's a very, very smart driver, is Gidley, and he knows that he's going to have to plan a long way back to make the pass on a car that's pretty much the same as what he's in, except for a few little setup changes. We have two different teams fighting for the lead of this race. We've already had 40, no, 53 minutes elapsed as we are down to 52 to go. And, uh... It's anyone's game. Paul LaHaye leads in MPC, by the way, in the number 36 car ahead of Stephen Dawes in the number 22 as neither of them have yet pitted. Now there's a driver out of the car. I believe that's Corey Lewis standing next to the number 17 who is not over the wall. Oh, he was manning the fire bottle. Corey Lewis, who's about to get in and drive the number 17, was doing the fire bottle duties while uh, the rest of the crew was putting fuel in the car. Love seeing that sort of uh, camaraderie going on. Yes, I will drive your race car, but I will also do the dirty work. Rodrigo Fluker, Memo Gidley, three tenths of a second between the leading pair. Love right. seeing this too. And there is this uh, minimum pit stop time for these uh, teams. It's just for safety. Yes. Uh, the, the, this is a, a feeder category. They're not trying to make uh, the teams have to do competitive refueling uh, with the risk of errors that might uh, might occur. So uh, there's plenty of time for these cars to be refueled, for the drivers to make their change. 
uh, have a little bit of, bit of a drink, bit of a, uh, a stretch of the fingers, make sure they're nice and relaxed before they go back out on the racetrack again. But for these two leaders who are staying out there, Rodrigo Flucker, he's uh, got his mirrors absolutely full of Memo Gidley. Gidley, of course, he's a great story all the way around. I mean, he was born on a boat in the, in the Pacific Ocean, so he's kind of Mexican-American. He's, he was born off the coast of, of Mexico. Uh, but uh, yeah, he came up through this sport the hard way. He doesn't have any family money at all, but he's made it made it all the way to to uh, to the to the IndyCar series. Uh, finished on the podium for for Chip Ganassi Racing a couple of times. Had a huge crash at at uh, Daytona. At Road, well, at Road America in the IndyCar, which he ah, got yes. away from. But then, uh, more cr- critically, uh, what, three or four years ago, now had a massive crash at Daytona during the Rolex 24 Hours and was in the hospital for for many months. Uh, was in. In, in excruciating pain for a couple of years he's finally got those, those problems resolved and he, to see him back at the wheel of a race car is just fantastic uh, and he, he remains close to his roots he was a, an avid carter remains so in, in northern california and also is a uh, a, a an accomplished uh, captain out on the on the seas as well following in the uh, footsteps of his parents he does a lot of boat racing yacht racing actually in the cali in the bay area fantastic cool guy very and, and always has a smile on his face. Always a very happy person yeah. to be around. Nowadays, too. particularly. Nowadays, having, having yeah. got all those problems behind him, yes. Paul Hay is having his hands full trying to get around Gerhard Watzinger, who is several laps down. Paul Hay, the MPC leader who's not yet come into the pit lane, does manage to make the pass. And by the way, just to follow up on those two cars that came into the pit lane as soon as the safety car pulled back in, as Watzinger goes back around the hay, so not giving up that position, uh, at least on track, even though he is a lap down. Uh, the 51 and the 77. So Rob Hodis's K2R Motorsports machine that has now been taken over by Garrett Grist. And the 77 Performance Tech car, the MPC runner that was started by Howard Jacobs and was uh, assumed by James French. Both will have penalties of stop plus 60 seconds for working on a car in a closed pit lane. Ouch. That hurts. Especially for Howard Jacobs, who came into the race second in the MPC Championship. And then, of course, we've got Rob Hodes, who we've talked about a lot today, who started the race as the M- the Masters leader, has uh, given that up as so, Mimmo Gidley comes into the pits. Yeah, he gives up the... Uh gives up the chance of trying to lead the race for the first time so it will be Rodrigo Fluco who can carry on he can carry on for another uh, seven or eight minutes yeah he doesn't need to come in just yet I'm surprised Memo came in at this stage but uh, yeah the the pit lane at least is clear so that's going to help uh, there's not going to be any traffic in the pit lane is going to have to work past and a couple of the guys coming as well though number 40 which is uh, David Grant he'll hand over to his brother Keith for the second stint both of those two uh, long-time runners in the Atlantic Championship open wheel cars and car number 51 Rob Hoders serving his penalty. Yes, that's right. He'll be in Garrett for a Grist while. Now. Yeah, another Canadian. So uh, Memo Gidley handing over to Canadian Charles Chi, and uh, also Garrett Grist, who took over from Rob Hodes. Garrett is from Ontario, so both of them are from north of the border. And we also have the 11 of Kyle Masson into the pit lane. I would imagine this would be the long pit stop. Remember, Kyle has already come into the pit lane. They put new front Continental tires on that car a while back. As our leader, Rodrigo Fluker, continues to circulate, has not yet done his pit stop. 36 laps complete. Will he dive into the pit lane? No, he stays out for at least one more. So we are at 47 minutes and 50 seconds to go. 
And our leader still has about three minutes before he needs to come in so that his teammate can get out there and do the minimum drive time. There's number 47 car, it's already made its pit stop. It's now in the eighth position uh, overall. He's uh, what, uh, a couple of laps behind the overall leader, of course, because he's, he's made his pit stop and the overall leader has not. Cameron Castles is still out on track. Hasn't done his pit stop yet in the number 75 machine. He is running second on the racetrack as Lance Wilsey comes down the pit lane now in his number 33 Americana liveried Ligier. So Cameron Castles running second. He does not have to hand over to another driver, so he doesn't need to worry about that 40-minute minimum drive time, but he does need to worry about the whole refueling thing because the car will run out of fuel eventually. Car 18, John DeAngelis is getting a penalty for speeding on the pit lane. It was five kilometers an hour over, which means drive through. They tend to give warnings if it's one, two, or three kilometers an hour, and it's your first time, your first discretion with the uh, pit lane speeding issue, which is a big issue here at Road Atlanta because the downhill area coming into the pit lane just sort of encourages you forward a little bit. Gravity is not your friend in this situation, and drivers have been practicing all weekend and practicing uh, getting penalties as well all weekend, learning what not to do as they put the limiter on coming into the pit lane. It's not only been a problem in this series, but some of the other IMSA support series as well as Bart Wolf now driving the number 28 sees James French in his rearview mirror, although they are separated by a lap. French trying to drive around Wolf to get his lap back and hopefully get Howard Jacobs back up into contention. It has not been the easiest day for that number 77 machine. Not the easiest weekend, in all honesty. As James French does look down the inside, he'll have the optimum line for 10A, but there's a LMP3 car there as well, and Wolf goes to turn in, notices he can't because French was there. French makes the pass, but now for Stephen Dawes and the number 22 behind them, I think that's Stephen Dawes, isn't it? Uh, yes, who has the thought of going around Wolf. So Wolf goes from being the first MPC car in, in sight in the camera shot to being second and nearly third. The leader, Rodrigo Fluker, still out on circuit. We have Austin McCusker driving the 47 Motorsports, the sister car. And finally, Fluker comes into the pit lane. Does Cameron Castle stay out and become our leader? That will be the next question. He was about 32 seconds down the road from Fluker at the last timing mark. And Rodrigo has done a really top job today in the race so far. There goes the 60 of Bruce Hamilton. I'm just waiting to see what Cameron Castles does. And does he stay out? He does. Race leader, Cameron Castles. Well, yeah, next time around he'll take the lead uh, because Fluka across the start-finish line in the pit lane. So he will lead lap 39. We've got 44 minutes remaining in this race and Cameron Castles will be our leader next time around. Even if he comes onto pit lane, he'll be credited with uh, leading that lap. And for Cameron, that's the first time he has actually led a lap. Yeah, we've had uh, a whole bunch of different leaders uh, during this season. Most laps uh, have been led by Austin McCusker, actually, of, over the season. 50 laps in that's the car number 47 that will be taken over from TJ Fisher, or has taken over from TJ Fisher. Gerhard Ratzinger goes for a spin. 
just before the bridge. It's caught quite a few people out at that location, the breaking point for 10A. He turned into 10B and just lost the rear end. Very odd situation, but manages to not collect anyone else and get the car fired up, pointed back in the right direction, and continues on. So Paul LaHaye has yet to pit in the number 36 One Motorsport machine, as has Stephen Dawes in the number 22. Those two cars separated by just under four seconds. Fighting for the lead of the race on the track, but of course they have to come in and do their mandatory pit stop. Cameron Castles into the pit lane. So he will be credited, as Jeremy rightly says, as the race leader, even though he is in the pits. And he crosses the start-finish line now, just below our feet. There we go. Cameron Castles on top of the timing sheet. So he will lead lap 40. Excellent. Rodrigo Fluker still in the pit lane. His teammate, Austin Cusker, out on track in the number 47, 47 Motorsports machine, trying to make up a little bit of ground, although there was such a great battle at the start of the race between the three Normas. I'm interested to see how it all shakes out once everybody gets back out on track. Cameron Castles out of his number 75 Ligier for Performance Tech Motorsport. Jumps over the wall. Looked quite spry. Quite happy, I would say. Cameron pleased with the job he's doing so far, and we are pleased with it as well. Austin McCusker crosses the start-finish line. And the question will be, Jeremy, is does he re-inherit the lead that his teammate had from the start of the race and then lost to the 74 car. Do you think McCusker can get back to the front? It's gonna be close. Uh, yeah, it should, be, it should be fairly close. I mean, the interesting thing is that the, the uh, number 47 car has now been out there for, for a few laps, Austin McCusker, and uh, turning lap times around was, an eight, was a 20.2. Uh, 20, 20 so uh, it's going to be, you know, the, the question of who has clear track now, I think, and uh, doesn't get held up by the traffic. There is a number 47 car. That is Austin McCusker, currently shown in the fourth position because there's still a couple of the MPC cars have yet to make their first pit stops. Number 36, Paul LaHaye leads the way in MPC. Uh, only four or five sec four seconds or so ahead of Stephen Dawes in caliber 22 for Performance Tech. Great burnout from the 74 machine. Anthony Simone now behind the wheel as the crew member was down on eye level, counting down three, two, one, go. And he nailed it. Perfect job. They do have to be careful with a bit of wheel spin, though, and that you don't exceed the speed limit when you're leaving the pit lane. We have seen that in practice this weekend. As Paul LaHaye credited as our leader this time around, Jeremy. He will be, I think, next time around, yeah. Very cool. But if he doesn't come on the pit, well, he'll have to come on to... No, he won't have to come on the pit lane. There's no... Uh, There's no he, time for He's him. not sharing the car, is he? So nope. he's driving solo, so he can stay out as long as he likes. As much fuel as he has, he can stay out there. Paul LaHaye and Stephen Dawes can enjoy this little bit of running. They can take their time. An hour and 45 minute long race, of which we have 40 minutes and 15 seconds remaining. That's it for the season. These guys who have had a very long year. It began all the way back in January at the Roar before the 24 at Daytona International Raceway. 
Then we went to Sebring International Raceway, Daytona International Speedway, uh, from Sebring in the middle of March to Barber Motorsport Park in the middle of April. Then north of the border, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, first week of July. Then Virginia International Raceway, where it was mixed conditions for that race. The middle of August, and here, the Petit Le Mans weekend at Road Atlanta to wrap things up. We hand out the trophies at the end of this one, so this is the race that you're going to be thinking about until we come back to next January. So, uh, number 22 car, Stephen Dawes, stays out and will lead lap 41. Number 36 car that had been ahead of number 22 comes in to make it his pit stop. That's Paul LaHaye on this lap, so he will not quite lead a, a lap officially uh, because uh, he uh, ducks on the pit lane and Stephen Dawes is able to go past him and lead this lap before he makes his mandatory pit stop. Cameron Castle's back out of the pit lane as well, and Stephen Dawes is a great story. He did a driving school and loved racing so much that he wanted to become more involved in it. So he started racing streetcars at track days at Sebring International Raceway from upstate New York originally is Stephen. And he decided he wanted to learn more about racing. So he joined the Performance Tech Motorsport pit crew. He worked with them in 2015 and 2016 and started driving last year. In this category, he was fourth in the championship in the Masters class as we had last year and potentially could be champion this year, which is uh, just a great heartwarming story. And he's also a huge fan of Jeff Gordon. So getting to meet him last year at the Rolex was a highlight for sure. Now. The sister car to that number 22, one of the sister cars, I should say, under the Performance Tech stable, is the number 77, Howard Jacobs and James French. They came into the pit lane after the safety car, so they followed it in when the pits were closed. They received a penalty for working on a car in a closed pits. It is a stop plus 60 seconds. Our timing screen is saying that they have still not served that penalty, Jeremy, and race control will not be in use with that. Who's that, sorry? Uh, the 77. 77, oh, right. Yeah, okay. He's, uh, they, he's... They normally pull down the penalty warning after it's right. been served, and it's still there, and yeah, it, it has is, been there yeah. for a long time. Yeah, they'll, be, they'll be arguing that uh, that decision then, and yep. there's, uh, there's some confusion at the uh, a couple of races ago as to when they could make their pit stops, yep. and uh, I thought they got that but clarified, but uh, it doesn't appear to be the case now look but let's go back to what's happening here out in the race we've got uh, the, uh, the the leader will be after these pit stops it could be Dostin McCusker in car number 47 because he got out ahead of the number 74 car just after the pit stops were completed and number 74 car uh, with now Anthony Simone at the wheel has just been overtaken on this last lap by Keith Grant in car number 40 so with uh, 42 laps completed world leaders here comes number 40 car uh, past us to complete that lap and he's pulling away from the number 74 uh, the number 60 car is a lap down behind those contenders and for the 47 car they've had a fairly good season as the 88 of Charles Chi goes for a brief off-track excursion and gets it back point in the right direction Two second place finishes for the 47. Austin McCusker has driven the entire season. TJ Fisher has been an addition. Uh, it was a did not finish during the rain race at Barber Motorsports Park. And at up north of the borders, we mentioned a bit earlier, they called the strategy right. They got the win. It was not a great race. Virginia International Raceway, the last time out, though, it was their worst, second worst finish of the season with a sixth place. So they are really hoping to come out of a win 
from this contest here today so they can think about that for the entire length of the off season. And Austin McCusker, who entered today's race second in the championship standings, doing a great job of cementing that position because if he wins the race, nobody else behind him can get ahead of him in points. Austin McCusker, Keith Grant in the number 40, and then Anthony Simone in the 74. So Eligier up into the top three for the first time since the start of this race. Nick Janssen is in fourth in the 30 machine from ESM, Extreme Speed Motorsports, that he shares with champion-elect Chris Wright. And then Cameron Castles back in fifth in his Ligier, leading the Masters class. Stephen Dawes still yet to pit. So he has a one-lap advantage yeah. over everyone else. Uh, on, his, on his previous lap, on lap 42, he set his best lap of the race, did Stephen Dawes, uh, taking full advantage of the fact that these MPC cars can run a long, long way on a tank of fuel. Uh, so he's out there making hay while the sun literally shines here <laughs> uh, and is leading the race. And overall, he have to still has to make his pit stop, of course, but he's, he's running a good pace and he's well clear. The second place in the class uh, remains number 36 car, having made his mandatory pit stop. I didn't realize that Nick Janssen was a postman because he is hauling the mail. Jeremy, he's did a 119.5, a faster lap the last time around than just about anyone else out there, except for the Aussie, Scott Andrews, who did a 118.6. The leaders are doing 120s, 121s. And then there's Nick Janssen, who's trying desperately to catch them back up. He's about 30 seconds off the lead. He is 11 seconds behind the uh, 19 seconds behind the next car in class that would be Anthony Simone 34 minutes remaining so uh, it's a little bit too late for them to try and make up more position unless there is some sort of outside assistance i.e. safety car or somebody else makes a mistake but Nick Janssen doing what we expect from him being super fast true and the guy who's also doing a great job there is Keith Grant who's running now in, yeah. in third place overall it's still Stephen Dawes that leads in the MPC car he's on the pit lane he's on the pit lane finally okay fine so that'll be uh, lap uh, 45 completed by Stephen uh, and uh, he'll be yeah he'll be credited with leading this lap so uh, really good job by uh, really good job by him uh, and uh, he'll have had a lot of fun out there. Uh, in the meantime, um, Austin McCusker is stretching out his lead now. He's got five seconds over Keith Grant in car number 40. He's really doing a fine job pulling away from Anthony Simone, who's a long, long way clear of Nick Jonsson, who's uh, pretty much on his own there. He, he will be in fourth position once the pit stops are completed. Uh, so he's uh, already made up one place uh, uh, during the pit stops. Yeah, he's got past uh, one of the... Uh, five miles out cars that's number 88 Charles Chi who's now under pressure from his teammate in number 87 that's Nick Colivas and drive through penalty for car number 51 Rob Hodas started <laughs> that car handed over to Garrett Grist incident responsibility with the 88 of Charles Chi that you were Whoops. just talking about that is still a not a good day for that car as Austin McCusker Five seconds clear of Keith Grant, seven further seconds clear of Anthony Simone, and then a long way back to Nick Johnson. So again, after the pit stops, things starting to shake out. In MPC, our leader in the pit lane, 
is Stephen Dawes, which means that Paula Hay out on the circuit in the pink number 36 machine leads Bart Wolf in the blue number 28, and then John Brownson in the 34 ahead of James French in the 77, who still has not served his penalty for working on the car in a closed pit lane. Gerhard Votzinger is fifth, John DeAngelis is sixth, and Robert Masson is seventh. Now, Robert Masson has completed, his car has completed 40 laps, as opposed to Paula Hay, who's done 43. So their shot of a championship, Jeremy, out the window. There goes on a new race leader to complete lap 46 is uh, Austin McCusker. The 60 car of Tony's Kazimitz is a lap down in the 10th position. It will become Oop. ninth once he uh, completes enough laps to move past number 22 car, which is still on pit lane making, serving its uh, mandatory pit stop. And action has been taken. The black flag was just waved at car number 77, James French. So race control not amused with them failing to serve their penalty for working on a car in a closed pit lane. That was the first that I had seen of it as yeah. the 88 of Charles Chi goes for another rotation. Fire out the exhaust pipes as he gets it going again and pointed back in the right direction. Whoa! Pulls across the track right in front of our leader, Austin McCusker, coming out of 5P. Oh my goodness, that was a moment as uh, Chi is driving well, he's on the circuit and he's getting back up to speed again, but that was not the brightest move of an opportunity for when to get moving again. Just looped it all on his own. The rears seemed to lock up. He pinched the apex a little bit too much coming off of the uh, turn. And gosh, that, that would have woken up Austin. We had a moment earlier on where uh, driving the number 74, or no, it was TJ Fisher, was his teammate, had to take evasive action going around an MPC car. And now Austin McCusker has just got his shot of adrenaline for the day. Eyes a little bit wider this morning now. I would imagine if you take his helmet off, he looks a bit like an owl. Austin McCusker, six second lead over Keith Grant in the number 40 and then Anthony Simone in that 74. Cameron Castles continues to lead in that number 75 Ligier from Performance Tech, doing exactly what he needs to do to have a shot at the championship for the Masters category. And Stephen Dawes now leaving the pit lane, which means that everyone has served their pit stops. And once we give him a lap to filter back into the traffic, we'll see just where he stands up versus Paula Hay, who is presently in second position in the MPC category. We're going to have a good fight on our hands for the end of this race, Jeremy, and ultimately for the championship. Yes, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been certainly an interesting race, uh, certainly changing fortunes, and uh, it's still difficult to predict who's going to win what at this stage, but certainly Cameron Castles, what a great job he is doing, running in the fifth position overall in car number 75, driving that performance tech Ligier solo this season, apart from that one race where he shared it with Trent Hinman, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, he's doing exactly what he needs to do here and it could well be that he could come out with a championship at the end of the day. Our leader, Austin McCusker, thinking about going down the inside of one of the Normas that is uh, a lap down, driven by Nick Colvius, the number Colvius, 87 yeah. machine, and uh, decided not to because he didn't believe that Nick had seen him into turn one. So means Austin will have to be patient as they go through the S's until he gets a passing opportunity along the back straight. 
The car in second, though, Keith Grant, just getting passed a moment or two ago by Tonis Kasmitz, who is fighting hard in the number 60 machine to try and catch back up to the competition. And uh, although chances of a win are likely out the window for that number 60 machine, Tonis still wants the next position up. He wants to finish 7th, 6th, 5th as far as he can. Yeah, he's a lap down to the other guys. That's the problem. But he's certainly catching the number 87 car of Nick Kolivas pretty quickly. Uh, Kolivas is the last car on the lead lap and about probably about to go a lap down in any moment now. Nick Kolivas, uh, born in Zimbabwe, is an orthopedic surgeon huh. from Northern California. He started racing about 10 years ago, vintage Formula Ford. I remember racing against him actually my, when I had the Malik. He was racing a uh, Titan, I think, uh, and uh, old Formula Ford car there. So there goes our race leader, Austin McCusker. So Nick Kolivas has gone a lap down and next on the road, uh, not too far behind him and closing rapidly is, uh, uh oh is uh, the number 60 car of Tony's Casamance. The 51 has gone off again, but this time it's at the opposite end of the course, coming into five, and it is Garrett Grist, who is deep in the gravel. This might be a safety car as uh, turn six, excuse me, as um, we had a drive-through penalty for speeding for Stephen Dawes, so he drops back down into third, but if we get a No moment, one wants to win this championship in NPC, no. do they? No. No, they really That's don't. That's a big off for, uh, for Grist. Uh, Garrett dropped his left two wheels just slightly off the edge of the road and onto the grass, and it threw him sideways and backwards into the gravel. And indeed, we have a full course caution, which means that the pits are closed. Shouldn't affect anybody. Everyone has already been in. And we also have a spin for the 87. See, we were just talking about Nick, and uh, he got so excited, went for a slight rotation. Hopefully he hasn't high-sided it, as the safety car has been scrambled and everyone has been grouped back up together. Well, you know what, Jeremy? Nick Janssen just got uh, the reprieve he wanted. He's been quicker than most people in front of him. Yep, yeah, certainly. You know, he's been he'd been chasing down uh, Anthony Simone. He's, uh, he's pulled in while well, he was about 19 seconds behind him. He's down, that gap is down to seven seconds now. In the course of a half a dozen laps, he's pulled up a, over 10 seconds. Nick uh, Janssen over Anthony Simone surprised at that but uh, Anthony Simone running there in, in the third position uh, Keith Grant though he's this is going to give him uh, an opportunity yeah. to chase after Austin McCusker and uh, it's been a uh, certainly a good day for the 47 motorsports team they made a, had a good pit stop they had some pit stop problems earlier in the season which cost Austin uh, Austin McCusker a win the youngster from Glenhead on Long Island New York driving beautifully this season making a move into sports cars he was uh, did some racing on the on the uh, on the Mazda Road to Indy. Raced in the F4 Championship, uh, raced in uh, the F2000 Championship Series on the East Coast, and then saw this grasp this opportunity to uh, move into the LMP3 category. And he's certainly making the most of it. Already has won one race this season. Has been uh, one of the uh, one of the top contenders right from the very beginning. That's Austin McCusker, and he, uh, he qualified the car on the uh, on the pole position for the opening race of the season at Daytona. That was a pretty good feather in his cap. There's a lot of that race, but unfortunately they had a bit of a miscue in a pit stop and ended up finishing second with what had been there a dominant car. Was able to make amends uh, happily and win at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park and this afternoon looking to get win number two if he can. But Keith Grant is a veteran campaigner. He's also been racing in one of the, uh, the Formula Race Promotion Series, the Atlantic Championship over the last several years, had an awful lot of success, he and his brother David, and that Polestar motor racing entry run out of northern Ohio so the uh, Tennessee brothers are uh, running very nicely indeed from Germantown in Tennessee 
So car 87 is off at turn 7. Car 51 <laughs> is off at turn 6. They are two completely separate incidents. 87 has managed to continue, so the normal is going. Yes, all on his own. Uh, and then Before Grist, the yellow came out or afterwards? Before the yellow came oh, out. Uh, and that. Grist is moving and uh, our IMSA safety crew working hard to try and get some of the gravel out of the uh, side of the Ligier of Garrett Grist. And it's really a shame, Jeremy, because he had just set the overall fastest Sector 1 time when he went off in Sector 2. Yeah. So uh, you never know. There you go, your uh, moment. Well, yeah, and a couple laps before that, he set the fastest lap of the race. It, many, many laps down already, of course, with all the dramas that Rob Hoda's had in the opening portions of the race yes. but uh, looking to make a point there was Garrett but unfortunately it's uh, kind of backfired and he's off the road and in the gravel well he did make but, a point uh, you did make a point yeah yep. fastest lap of the race that's always a feather in your cap yep so we're still going to have just uh, we're now now six cars on the lead lap with that uh, with that spin for Nick Colivas must have been just as he was being lapped actually uh, I think and, uh, and under pressure from the uh, number 60 car of Tony's chasm it's, we didn't oh. see that happen did we we didn't see him spin off, but no. uh, he, he, he was on the on the tail end lead lap, but being closed on by the actually just been lapped, hadn't he? By yes. uh, by by the race leader, but and it's right after that that he spun himself off the road. So that's going to leave just six cars on the lead lap: number forty-seven, number forty, number seventy-four, number thirty, number seventy-five. The masters leader is Cameron Castles, and at number three of Max Hanratty. Uh, Tony's Casabets in car number sixty. In that Wolver racing machine, he's going to be the first of cars one lap down. Tony East is another driver with a massive amount of experience in all sorts of cars. Charles Chi is doing a nice job there, actually, yeah. uh, having taken over from Memo Gidley. Did a couple uh, of rotations, but yeah. never stuck it in the fence. No, he didn't hit anything or anybody else. Uh, uh, in Conor 88, they run in eighth position. Scott Andrews, he's one that can, certainly going to be one of the fastest cars on the track at the oh, restart. Yeah. I would take over from Jerry Crouch. Jerry must have had a... A drama in the early stage. I don't know what that was. Maybe he had a. I think he must have. Had, oh, yeah, he made a pit stop. Didn't he had he? a drive through. Was a drive through? Yeah. Yes. So he worked his way back very nicely. Did uh, Jerry? Good. Great to see him back uh, in the car of that uh, GDC Millimotors Sport entry. Agree. He had some uh, surgery earlier in the year. He was supposed to be racing in Europe, uh, but wasn't able to do so. But Scott Andrews now at the wheel of that car. He's going to be running in the ninth position in car number 55. But he's going to be fast. Also, right behind him, is going to be the uh, Ansa Motorsports machine of car number four. That's Zachary Robichaud who we've already seen win one race this weekend in the uh, Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge yesterday. He's going to have another race right after this, actually, isn't he? Or pretty much uh, later on. Yeah, right after time. this. Yeah, right after this in, the, in, the, in that uh, uh, more speed entry. So he's going to be running in the 10th position. He's another fast car. Uh, right behind me is uh, Corey Lewis in car number 17. <laughs> Who's in the running other cars, in the Petit Le Mans. Who is running in Petit Le Mans. Yep. And then the other two cars on the lead on the to the one lap down to the overall leader are Lance Wilsey in car number 33 and Nick Colivas who did get that car back underway again uh, in uh, car number 87. And in MPC, Paula Hay leads the way in the number 36 machine, that is the pink car, ahead of Bart Wolf in the blue car, the number 28. Uh, they are separated from Stephen Dawes by Robbie Foley in the number 42 LMP3 machine, but that should be uh, split up as the prototype class split has now begun. Uh, Stephen Dawes will be third, John Brownson fourth, Gerhard Watzinger fifth, John DeAngelis in sixth, and then James French, who was being black flagged, and I have not seen him come into the pit lane to serve that stop in 60, although he could not do it while the caution is out. He's out there on the racetrack. Yep, he's still still going around. 
Well, this is going to be fun. Get yeah, your popcorn ready. Uh, and certainly an MPC because uh, Paul LaHaye is directly ahead of Bart Wolf on the racetrack. Number 36, oh, it's the, uh, the bright pink car behind in the blue and white machine of the Wolf Motorsports. Bart Wolf, M. Bart Wolf at the wheel of that car. He's from, uh, from Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, just uh, literally uh, at Road America. <laughs> uh, in third position, as you were saying, uh, Shea Adams, separated from the two leaders by uh, a, a couple of lapped cars, including, uh, uh, including uh, the LMP3 car of Robbie Foley, who took over from Jim Garrett, one of the drivers that is still in contention for the Masters category uh, at the end of this uh, after this uh, dramatic morning. Uh, behind Stephen Dorso in car number 22, he's third in MPC. Right behind him, well, behind him, is John Brownson in car number 34, Mr. Excitement. Yeah. Uh, who's is always involved in various dramas. He's had all sorts of dramas today, but he's still running in that uh, fourth position. Uh, and again, he's not uh, given up any, any championship aspirations yet either. Far from it. But certainly for right now, it's, uh, it seems to be a battle between Stephen Dawes and, uh, and, uh, and, and Bart Wolf, uh, who are probably best placed uh, of the contenders with, with John Brownson. I mean, th those three cars... Dawes, Wolf, and Brownson were separated by one point each, <laughs> 139 to 138 to 137. Uh, Paul LaHaye, who leads the class, uh, was only two points behind them. So it, it's ridiculously close right now. It's absolutely nip, nip and tuck between four different cars uh, and drivers in the MPC category with, what, 18 minutes to go as we're getting ready for a restart. Safety car has pulled away, turned off the lights, and we are getting ready to go back to racing once more. It is Austin McCusker who is in control of the field. The green flag is waving on the timing stand, and under the bridge they come. Keith Grant with a great opportunity to get the first win for the 40 team. It is McCusker's teammate in the number 74, Anthony Simone, who is in third, and then behind them, Nick Janssen in the car that will win the championship, the number 30 that uh, he shares with Chris Wright and Nick Johnson will want to take full advantage of this opportunity while everyone is grouped together. He just needs to get around a couple of cars. Paul Hay keeps the lead off the restart and Bart Wolf getting slowed up a little bit by one of the prototypes separating himself and the MPC leader as they funnel up through the S's, diving down like a roller coaster and then being thrust back up in the air before you come to the far side of the track and get ready for the braking into turn six because you don't want to miss your marks there, as Garrett Grist just showed us a few moments ago. Austin McCusker with an eight-tenths of a second lead as Keith Grant is now back to third and had quite a big wiggle coming out of the final turn before the back straight. They're running one, two, three, and Grant will want to stay tucked up behind the two Normas ahead of him because the Ligier, a little less adept going through the straight line of the track, but he will have the advantage when they get to the left-right complex. The number 55 of Jerry Kraut, uh, who started the car, Scott Andrews has taken it over, is also running well. He came back from the restart in ninth place, now fourth on the track. That was a phenomenal restart for Scott Andrews. Yeah, he's a lap down, of course. He, he yeah. uh, number 60 is running in second place on the road, uh, separating the two leaders, so those three nose to tail. Our uh, number 60 car is a lap down. Uh, then right behind them is number 55. He also is a lap down. So that battle between 60 and the 55, they're running second and fourth on the road, but that is a battle for seventh and eighth positions. Whoops, Ooh. in the race. Uh, who was that who just went off? It looked like a Norma. 
who is going slowly through the S's. That is the 74. So that is Anthony Simone, who was in third position, running very slowly, Jeremy, as they come around the far side of the racetrack. And he's still not back up to speed. Is he having a drama with the left side of the car? Uh, is a wheel... No, they're all pointing in the right direction. There's some gravel spewing out the back of that number 74 machine as well as he comes through. And yes, the right front isn't even on the ground. That is broken suspension for the 74. Yeah, left rear, isn't it? Oh, gosh, what a heartbreak after uh, Rodrigo Fluker drove such a great first stint in that car. wonder what happened to Anthony Simone. It's a flat tire on the left rear is what race control is telling us. And he's continuing slowly around the track. Oh, what drama. Well, for the team, they have one car going very slowly around the circuit, trying to make it back to the pit lane, while the sister car, the number 47 machine, Austin McCusker driving, is our leader. He's ahead of Keith Grant by a second and a half, and Nick Janssen, 6.7 seconds further back off the leading pair as there's more drama on the track. The 87 Is has had contact Wolf? with Embar Wolf. Yes, very good spot, Jeremy, at turn one. The 87 is just on the edge, the five miles out racing Norma. Uh, he's trying to drive through the gravel. Don't beat yourself, please, as uh, the car of Bart Wolf is not moving. And somebody else 40, is... That's number 74 just coming onto the pit lane. Okay. That was the car that we saw slow out on the racetrack. Let's see what happened there. Oh. They're spinning, aren't they? There's two. Yep. Perhaps Contact a... to turn one. Perhaps a dive down the inside. They are both in the runoff area up at turn one. Hopefully they can get going again. As Bart Wolf does no continue. Yellow, nope, no yellow. Right. Local yellow. Now, can Nick get that car fired up again and moving? He's still stationary, just on the edge of the okay, gravel trap. So what trap. happened to Keith Grant on that lap? He's lost a lot of ground as yes, well. Yes, he did, and Nick Johnson's gotten around him. Yeah, Nick Johnson's also got past uh, Keith. Yeah, got past Keith Grant yep. that. Yeah, you're right. So Paul LaHaye is ahead of John Brownson now. Then will be Stephen Dawes. The 87 is not moving, Jeremy. We are back to a full course caution to try and retrieve that car as the rear wheels spin and there is no gain happening. So Nick Janssen will now be up into second because we are within the final 15 minutes. It should be a quick yellow. Number 34 car of uh, of uh, John Brownson and managed to get past Stephen Dawes on that last lap. Uh, and uh, why does that make that? That's going to move him ahead of him in the championship, isn't it? Because <laughs> it's uh, it's basically whoever wins, pull the hay. Paul LaHaye is still leading, so if he can stay there, he can win this championship, which would be truly oh remarkable. Gosh. Paul LaHaye, he's, he's, he's had a couple of podium finishes. He was second at uh, Sebring. He was third at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. He came into the points so in sixth place. Gosh. But if he can stay where he is, I think he's looking pretty good. Well, and, and Paul LaHaye ran a partial season last year. His best finish was fifth. At Watkins Glen, so that would be quite the improvement, going from a partial season one year to winning the championship the next. No lack of excitement here in the EMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda, that's for sure. Oh, you that's get your right. money's worth. And, uh, and 
Tony's chasm at there. He, he'll be uh, ruined. In fact, he wasn't able to find a way past Austin McCusker at that yeah. restart. So he's still going to be a lap down. Uh, and with Scott Andrews on his tail as well. So that battle is now for sixth and seventh with the uh, dramas of, uh, of the other guys behind him. And Cam Castles, there he is, sitting there in the uh, fifth position overall. He's, he's kind of mired in some traffic. He lost out. To, he was overtaken by Max Hanratty just before this caution period came out again. But he's running in the uh, fifth position overall. And uh, so far as the Masters class is concerned, he came in what eight points behind rob hoders so rob's yeah pretty much out of contention so what's the order in in masters it's castles dean baker will be second uh matt dickon will be third in the uh, number 42 car driven by robbie foley he's two laps down in 13th position overall behind him will be nick colivas uh and then uh Rob Hoda's behind that, so uh, that's going to be one, two, three, four, five. So, yeah, Cameron Castles, if he can stay where he is, and, uh, and there's, <laughs> I'm not going to say if there's no more nope, dramas, because nope, that ain't going to happen. Don't do it, Jeremy. <laughs> there's 11 minutes and 15 yeah, seconds to go. Don't right. do it. So, but in, in NPC, again, he ludicrously close. Paul LaHaye leads by, by nothing over John Brownson, wow. and Stephen Dawes hanging out right there as well. And, and Bart, Bart Wolf. Oh, he was off the road, wasn't he? Was he was off so the road, yes. Is he back on again? Yes. Yes, yes he is. Yeah, he so managed to continue. That, that is excellent news. So he is still remains in contention there. Uh, they are a lap ahead of the number of Gerhard Watzinger, number 32. So we've got number, four, number 42 is 14th position overall, two laps off the ultimate pace. we 13th, actually, after the 87, with the 87 car out. Um, I mean, 74 car, excuse me, 74 car on pit lane. Is it still on pit yes. lane? Yes, it is. Okay. So, number 40, 36 car will be leading NPC. At number 34, number 22, and number 28. All of those four cars on the same lap as each other. <laughs> and all four of them with a fair shot at winning the championship. So, this yes. will be extra exciting. Yes. All right, guys, you've got 10 minutes. Forget the rest of the season. This is where you win the championship. No pressure. Uh, that'll be nice and exciting. So for the lead of the race, with 10 minutes to go, we are still behind the safety car in the final round of the IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda. Race of the season. It's been a good one so far. It's been a lot of fun to watch. That number 87 car, by the way, into the pit lane as the prototype class split is taking place on this lap. Austin McCusker, our leader in the number 47, ahead of Nick Janssen in the 30, and then Keith Grant in car number 40. Uh, Maxwell Hanratty is fourth in the number three. Cameron Castle's fifth. Our champion-elect, his car is second. How badly do you think uh, Chris Wright would like to get a win to round out the championship season? I think yeah, he might be on the, the radio to Nick saying, okay, push now, push yeah, now. Well, yeah, no, Nick's been, he, he knows... Uh, he knows all about uh, winning, doesn't he? Yes. And uh, he will certainly be trying to put the pressure on Austin McCusker. The bad news, though, for Nick, Nick, Nick Johnson, he's got, he's got two lapped cars yeah. between himself and the overall race leader. That's the battle for what is the battle for uh, sixth and seventh positions between Tony's Kazimitz and Scott Andrews, both of whom are very fast drivers. So to, uh, Nick's going to struggle to find a way past those two. He is. 
but it'll be fun to watch. It, uh, no question about that. Lights are out on the safety car, which means we are going back to green this time around. The car is bunching up as they come down the back straight. No advantage for any car in particular as Nick Johnson has uh, his right-hand turn signal turned on. It's been that way for quite a while, but maybe he's just using it as an indication to the drivers ahead of him, hoping that they notice he's got that on to say, guys, I'm going to go around you on this side. Please move over. It would be nice to see uh, a little bit of sportsmanship from the cars a lap down. I understand they're fighting their own battle, but maybe just move over a little bit. Let, let Nick through. Give it a fair shot at the win. Doubt that would happen, though. As uh, they come around 10A, make the right-hand turn into 10B, come up underneath the bridge, and that is when the signal will be given, and the green flag will wave once more as Nick Janssen has to fight his way back up to the leader, Austin McCusker, in the number 47, 47 Motorsports, Norma. McCusker is going to be hard-pressed to give up that lead, though, as further down the field, there is a look... And that was Keith Grant thinking about going up the inside of Nick Janssen. And Nick says, nope, thanks. I would like to keep this position, please. There's a move Ooh. by, ooh, Robbie Foley has contact with the 88 of Charles Chi. That was not the brightest move no, by Foley, I'm afraid. Came from a long way behind and nowhere even close to Charles Chi. Charles nope. Chi clearly there, the innocent victim. That was a very strange move from uh, Robbie Foley. Quite an experienced young driver. Yeah, and Robbie, Robbie, he was already two laps down, so it wasn't a battle even for a position on the racetrack. Nope. Uh, he's, uh, he wasn't going to any, gain anything from that, and why he saw the, the need to make that move, I'm not quite sure. It's very uncharacteristic for Robbie Foley. It is, and I, I'm afraid he wouldn't make that corner if Charles Shee hadn't been there. He would have driven straight off the racetrack, so that should be uh, something that Race Control looks at and makes a decision on in fairly rapid order. It is John Brownson who is chasing down Paul LaHaye still, as we get an opportunity to see Robbie Foley again, yeah, terribly optimistic move by Robbie. Uh, I've got to say, I, I don't know what he was thinking there. He doesn't normally make those sorts of mistakes, but uh, Charles Chi hopefully able to get things moving again. And, However, uh, in the meantime... In, back on the ranch. Is it still Austin McCusker leading, Jeremy? It is. Excellent. Uh, but he's got three, the three-lap cars between himself and, uh, and the uh, second-place car of uh, Nick Johnson. That's the, the battle for... Uh, six, seven, and eight. I forgot to mention Zach Robichon, didn't I? Yes. So number 60, 55, and four, who are running pretty much nose to tail, I think, in second, third, and fourth on the road. Uh, and they are ahead of, uh, of, uh, of Nick Johnson. But uh, Austin McCusker here, in terms of uh, time, has a, a nice handy advantage over Nick Johnson in second place. But there's that battle, three car battle behind him that is waging on. Well, and, and for the 30 machine, if they can bring it home in the current position, which is second, that would be every single race finished on the podium. And that in itself is an impressive record for Chris Wright. A pair of thirds to start the season, a pair of wins in the middle of the season, and a second place finish, pair of second place finishes. That's a good, uh, a good run for this first season of the endurance form of this championship with the longer form races. Paul LaHaye in the pink car with Michael Klemecki several laps down in the blue and white car next in shot. Then Gerhard Watzinger again laps down in the black and red machine. And behind them, James French in the number 77, who, as far as I know, never came in to serve that penalty as... Yeah, no, he did. He uh, did? Yes, he okay. sure he did. Yeah. So Klemecki passes LaHaye. That is a position on track, but not in the running order. So Paul LaHaye should just let him go, uh, but John he does Brownson not. John Brownson now has got past 
number 36. So John Brownson leads in MPC. And here is the battle for what is now second, second. place. Three wide coming into turn one. And James French does it. Yes, James does. French comes from fourth to second in one well, turn. No, actually, because he's a lap down to these other oh, contenders, in fact. Yes. Okay, okay. I'll get a little bit less excited, yes. but that was a great pass <laughs> by James French to take advantage of two cars going into turn one. That is not something many people would be brave enough to leave the foot to the floor. James French is one of those people, though. This was the only race last year, Jeremy, the only track at which Performance Tech Motorsport did not win on their way to a prototype challenge championship in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. A bit of unfinished business for both Kyle Masson and James French coming into the race this weekend. That's something that they'll have to worry about for the 10-hour race as incident responsibility is placed squarely on the shoulders of Robbie Foley for that crash with the number 88. It will be a drive-through penalty for the 42. Completely agree with race control's decision on that one as Paula Hay and Bart Wolf are battling back and forth for a second. Bart Wolf taking advantage and going around, which means that now the 28 is up into second. And although with John Brownson leading... Oh, I don't know. It's close because Wolf and Otis were one point up on Brownson and and uh, Wolf and Otis. So that means things right now would be going the way of John Brownson. But we have three minutes to go. Anything could happen at this point in the race. There could be a giant fluffy pink cat that walks out across the track and just knocks cars off. Jeremy, I wouldn't be surprised if that started happening because we have seen it all in this championship today. Just, just absolutely incredible. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it makes you giddy when you see this kind of racing where you really don't know what's going to happen until the checkered flag flies. It's been a bizarre race. It hasn't been uh, always wheel-to-wheel -wheel necessarily, no. but there's been lots of excitement, and that continues to be. Austin McCusker is our leader. Five seconds over Nick Janssen in the number 30 car for Extreme Speed Motorsport that he shares with our champion-elect Chris Wright. In third, it is Keith Grant. He is only one second behind Nick Janssen. So that position is still up in the air. Second place still could go the way of the 40 machine. It is not a done deal for the Extreme Speed Motorsports yet. John Brownson is our leader in the MPC category ahead of Bart Wolf, And then Paul LaHaye. Stephen Dawes is still on that lap though. He is a further five seconds behind LaHaye. So he's got quite a bit of uh, time to make up if he wants a real shot at it. We are down to the two minute warning. There goes John Brownson across the line to complete that 61. And we've got to wait for the second place car. Those two cars both lap down. There's, there's uh, Bart Wolf in second position across the line now, and behind him is kind of a 36 in third place. Oh my goodness. So McCusker has stretched his gap now six and a half seconds with a minute and 40 to go in the 2018 season. McCusker looking for his second win of the year alongside TJ Fisher, who put the car on pole yesterday let's not forget did a good job off the start of the race but it was his teammate who uh, really took control of the show that was Rodrigo Fluker he was the one we were watching a bit of misfortune for that car so they had some drama the car came into the pit lane with Anthony Simone and has not returned white flag is in the air as Austin McCusker comes across the line and he has one more lap around road Atlanta two and a half miles to go just 12 turns keep it on the road and you will get win number two John Brownson should be coming around here shortly to see the white flag as well 
McCusker can almost reel himself in at this point. There's Brownson. He sees the white flag. McCusker's got nearly an eight-second gap back to second. He doesn't need to take any risks. And Nick Janssen just needs to play it smart and hope that everyone else does the same as well to bring that car home in second. The leader, Austin McCusker, has Tonus Katzmitz right in his rearview mirror. Austin, though, just doing what he's done all year, being very impressive when he gets behind the wheel of the car, Jeremy, going quickly, but being smart. Yeah, Brownson, John Brownson in that kind of number 34 for Eurosport Racing. Missed qualifying altogether because of a, an engine problem in practice yesterday. Started from the very, very back, came into this week, into weekend fifth in the points table. Here they come down the hill for the final time. Checkered flag is in the air, and Austin McCusker takes the win with TJ Fisher in the number 47, 47 Motorsports Norma. The second win for them on the season, and way to go out in style. It cements Austin McCusker's second place in the championship. Nick Janssen brings it home in second, which means that Chris Wright is our champion. It is Cameron Castles there to take the checkered flag in the fifth position, and I'm pretty sure that's going to be enough to clinch the Masters Championship. And now we wait for John Brownson to come down the hill as well. He sees the checkered flag waving in the air, and he keeps both hands firmly on the steering wheel until he gets to the line, raises a hand in the air. Victory for John Brownson in the number 34 machine, and it should be enough. We will do the math. I'll have Jeremy do all of the uh, counting. But that should be the MPC Championship going his way. Well, a phenomenal season, Shea and Jeremy, coming to an end here at Road Atlanta. It's uh, the last time, of course, we'll see the MPC cars. Uh, we move on to the P3s solo next year. They've been great servants in this championship down through the years, those uh, Mazda-powered Elan chassis. And think of all the great drivers who have cut their teeth in those cars. We've gotten the Sean Rahals, the Tristan Nunezes, the Misha Goikbergs, the guys who really learn how to control a car, the, the Kenton Cooks, the guys who learn just what it's like to drive when you've got almost nothing as Paula Hay has gone off. Was that on the cooldown lap or was that at no, the checkered flag? I don't think you've seen, actually seen the checkered flag, actually. Let's see. Here's a, a replay of it. He was going side to side. He dropped two wheels and a big Ouch. impact down the backstretch. I think that was next to Dr. Masson before the breaking point in turn 10. Well, that's not the way he would have hoped to end his season. No, he, he, he was he, he was out of championship contention in any case. But unofficially, uh, from fifth in the points coming into this weekend, John Brownson will have 172 points, so 170 of Tazio Otis and Bart Wolf, 169 of Stephen Dawes, wow. 166 of Howard Jacobs. Wow. Yeah, the, the cars have been such loyal servants, as you say, and, and provided such good racing. I really will miss the MPCs. And this is going to be a Masters Class win for Cameron Castles, isn't it? His mm. first one. What's going on here? Our timing so screen just jumbled up a little bit. It did a bit, but I don't think Cameron's still significant. Uh, so, uh, so uh, Jerry Kraut will have second-place points, I believe, with... Um, Scott Andrews. Dean Baker will have third place points. Uh, behind Dean Baker will be Matt Dickin. 
So a phenomenal season has come to an end for the IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda. The trophies will be going to their worthy winners later on today, which is where Shea Adam is off to now. And as far as the championship is concerned, Jeremy? Yeah, the, uh, the Masters Championship will indeed go to Cameron Castles. His first ever Masters class win and the championship as well. The overall winner, Chris Wright, is a champion. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.